Just some podcast media. The thoughts and opinions expressed on Buried Pleasures are those of the host and the guests and do not represent any views of any organizations that we may volunteer for or be employed by. Listeners should be aware that there may, most likely, be profanity and discussions on topics that may require a little discretion. You have been warned. Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Buried Pleasures. Tonight, we're doing yet again another episode of What's Your Pleasure? And I have the privilege to meet this amazing individual on Twitter space. Who knew? I love the Twitter space, as you know, you guys know that already. Um, but I have the, uh, the wonderful, talented, and amazing Herbie Mack. Please tell us who you are and, and what you do. Sure. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm Herbie Mack. I am a suicide prevention speaker. I'm a multiple time suicide survivor and I'm the host of the Just Believe podcast. Nice. And how'd you get into podcasting? What, what happened? Um, you know, I was, uh, I used to work in radio and I used to start a podcast with like my friend. We did like almost like our version of TMC, TMZ. And for me, um, you know, I wanted something more. And uh, being a suicide survivor, you know, I started looking around and trying to look for people to um, that I could share their content, right? And I could never find anyone that I could relate to. Uh, the content, the content was good; it was amazing. Don't, don't get it wrong, but they wasn't relatable. So I was just like, "Well, I used to do a podcast. Well, let me do a podcast about mental health and spread mental health awareness along with suicide prevention." I like it. I think it's amazing that you, um, can do that. Like just the fact that you and I are sitting here talking together is, is a miracle by number one. I think it is. Um, and I I'll just let everybody know out there that when I did meet Herbie Mack within the first couple minutes that we spoke privately, he made me cry <laughs> because the story is just so moving and so, um, inspirational. I want, I want to call you inspirational because there are a whole lot of people out there that don't necessarily know how to get down to their feelings. And I think that you got so far down to your feelings that it went to the bone and now you're here to share it with other people. And, and, you know, like that takes courage beyond courage. I, I think that when we start talking about our own faults, our own demons, sometimes that that can be really, it can really weigh on a girl or guy, you know, and um, what you're doing is something that's needed. It's necessary. And also how many people out there just don't have anybody to talk to about what's going on with them. And you found a way to do that. So let's let's get started. Tell me, let's talk about your story. First off, though, I will say, do you want to do your intro that you read to me? <laughs> or do you want to do you want to direct people to your show to do that? No, 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 no. I, I, can I, would, I No, I, what I was going to tell you was, yeah, I never wrote it. Something I never wrote down. It's oh now nah. you, you just know it. <laughs> Yeah, Listen, well, it's my it story. It blew my mind. It blew my mind because it moved me in such a way. Like you know, I guess it's because I have been involved in the care of so many people over the years, and to find somebody who is thankful for the people who are caring for them in your time of despair 
And you really were. I mean, like, we'll, we'll just let you go. And Kirby <laughs> Mac, please tell me what happened to you. Sure. Waking up to the sound of someone banging at my door. As I open the door, I realize it's my ex-girlfriend trying to figure out why she's here. Instantly, she's like, ugh, Herbie, why do you look like that? Why do you smell like that? Hello, are you going to answer me? I'm trying to decide if I should tell the truth because every male told me I can't be weak. I can't be vulnerable. I got to man up. And then she uttered these words. I love you. I'm here for you. So I decided to tell the truth. This is the third day in a row I attempted suicide. And honestly, if you didn't come knocking, it would have been the fourth. Instantly, she started crying. She hands me her phone. Tell me to call a suicide prevention lifeline number. So I did. As I'm on the phone, I'm speaking to the counselor. She says, sir, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel today? As I replied, negative 10. And to be honest with you, this is the first time in my life I don't trust myself by myself. Did you recommend I check myself into a mental health facility? So I did. As I'm sitting there, I'm getting evaluated by a couple of nurses. One of the male nurses get up and stop me and say, sir, I don't know if you believe in God or not. I've been doing this for a while. You don't belong here. He's going to use you to share your story to touch other lives. At the moment, I had no idea what he was talking about. Honestly, I just wanted my pillow, my blanket, and head in my room to cry because no one thinks about attempting suicide, let alone being in a mental health facility. A few moments pass by. I get evaluated by the psychiatrist who's running it. He glances at my file. Says, oh, hmm, from the Bronx. Hmm. Take this. At that moment, I realized I had a voice and how powerful my voice can be due to the fact that he made me feel uncomfortable. Remind me like a used car salesman. Take what? I don't even know what this is. You didn't even explain to me why I'm taking this. He didn't like the way I was talking to him. Glances at my file. You're from the Bronx. I know people from the Bronx have a low IQ. You can't really read or write that well. You have bipolar. So if you take this, you'd be perfectly fine. I just want to put this out there. When people throw labels on you, please tell labels are made for jars, not people. So since he didn't know how to communicate and didn't want to communicate, I went back to that nurse and asked him for any other coping methods because I felt uncomfortable. He suggests journaling. So I started journaling. As I'm journaling, I realized the trigger of my depression was my parents for the fact that they didn't teach me how to love myself. Here I am dating someone else, hoping that they can teach me how to love myself. Every time I think about it, it sounds ridiculous. So as I'm writing, I realize I'm a functional alcoholic. I'm only drinking to numb the pain instead of to understand the pain. A few days pass by. Another psychiatrist comes, thankfully. She gives me the proper test to see if I have bipolar. She says, sir, you don't. Honestly, you're just you're depressed. I recommend therapy. I'm going to send you home. Since I get home, I'm not going to lie to you. I cannot afford therapy, Okay. So I went to Google and typed in how to love yourself. Discovered something called positive affirmations. Never heard of it in my life. So since I was in dire need, I decided to take it to the extreme. I got sticky notes, placed them everywhere from my bedroom to the mirror in the bathroom, to the refrigerator, to the, even in my car. Then I did something I'd never done before. Decided to look in the mirror and talk to myself. Told myself I'm love, I'm smart. I can't change the world, only if I just believe. At the back of the marker and wrote, just believe as big as I can. Some of my friends found out that I was in there in the mental health facility. They wanted to cheer me up and get me out of depression. Hey, let's go out for a drink. Then I discovered something called boundaries. Hey, look, man, I love you, but I got to love you from far. Because once I start drinking, I turn into an incredible hawk and I can't control that, man. They didn't get it, but they respect it. So I kept journaling to help me understand who I am. And I realized I had to forgive my parents, the power of forgiveness. See, I lost a sister who died from cancer at the age of three. So my parents was depressed. Then I had to forgive myself for trying to end my life because I was depressed. I share my story every time because I personally went from hopelessness to happiness. Oh, may I add, if you're wondering about that ex-girlfriend of mine, she is now my wife, and she blessed me with two beautiful kids. Thank you. Well, <clears throat> I'm sitting over here getting emotional because you, um, whatever, I don't know, whatever that nurse told you resonates with me as well. 
Herbie Mack, you're supposed to be on this planet helping people. So I'm going to tell as many people your story as I possibly can, because um, there are a lot of people out there that need to know that they're not alone and that they have their own power and they don't need a pill, even though some people do, they do. And I'm not trying to discount that, but you found a way to crawl out of a hole that you were in that you thought was endless, right? Like that is, that's something And you weren't taught that by your parents, obviously you learned it and the resources were there available to you. So when you were researching online, if you can remember this, were there things that you saw that you were just like, this is crazy. Why would I ever do any of these things? I'm not doing that. Were there some things like that, that were a hard no for you, or were you just willing to try anything and everything at that point? on my like healing journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I luckily I've been wired to have an open mind. (laughs) So, uh, you know, honestly, my sister passing, right. She died at three. So I tend to look at life like, well, she didn't get an opportunity to try anything, you know? So let me try it, you know, whether I like it or I don't, but in the sense of I'm going to try it and, be okay if, if I suck at it. Right. In the beginning, I sucked at writing positive affirmations. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and talking to myself and then understanding, understanding how to love myself. Like I broke everything down to uh love language, right. If you know, the five love language. Oh, um, tell us about the five love languages. Yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah. So it's words of affirmation, gifts, act of service, physical touch, and, um, quality time. Right. And for me to want to love someone, if I don't even know the love language, like I don't even know how to respond to myself. Right. Like, I don't know who I am in in a sense of the love language. So let me discover that. And I had to learn a lot about myself. Like, oh, hey, you know, I love, I love the words of affirmation, physical touch. Hey, I'm, you know, I want to hug. Right. If not, let me, you know, hug myself to show that I care about myself, quality time. And and the sense of quality time for me was doing a 20 minute walk, mm-hmm. right? Being in my own head, but in a positive way, right? Because negative, negative talk is self-harm. And I realized that. So let me talk to myself positive while, while I'm enjoying nature, getting the sun, you know, it doesn't have to be nothing complicated and in gifts. So for me, a gift was, let me re- reward myself for not being too hard on myself, you know, being my own worst critic and a critic. We can definitely dive into that as well. But then um, the act of service uh, for me, it was just like, what can I do to make me feel happy, right? To show that I love myself. Oh, well, let me go get a massage. Let me go yoga, right? Let me do cupping. Let me, hey, I might just want to take myself out on a date, get some sushi, you know, even <laughs> to the movies. So stuff like that, I had to learn how to do within myself yeah. and then understand what was my love language. But then now I, I know how to communicate with, you know, obviously not my wife, but now I know how to communicate with her and understand her love language because it all goes down to communication. Absolutely. Do you think that your wife had... I know she must have had a different upbringing, obviously, and I don't want her you to compare. Do you think she had it better or worse or anything like that? But was there something that she noted in her upbringing that allowed her to speak to you, do you think, in a way that you'd never heard before? Like, hey, Herbie Mack, you need to get your shit together. <laughs> Honestly, we're from the same spot. Oh, High school, you go. sweetheart. <laughs> so she's been knowing me. She's been knowing me like, like forever you all her, yeah like her whole life don't don't tell her i said that <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> but in the sense of she knows she knows how i am yeah. um and she knew that i was broken and in a sense of like oh, i wouldn't say broken but damaged how about that like you know like i was damaged and, and something was wasn't wrong something wasn't right with me so for her like it, we were separated but once she said I love you. I'm here for you. That's what I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. And I had to, oh, clearly she knows something wrong. Like Herbie, lose that man up crap and tell the truth. Right. And that was like a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. 
Do you think where you um, were brought up, was it very difficult for men to discuss how they felt or even acknowledge that they had feelings? Oh, yes. Yes. Every male in my life was, uh, only time we could show emotions was pretty much for me was uh, when a baby was born at a funeral um, and like a big celebration, you know, but, but in the sense of like the day-to-day conversation, Hey, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, you you didn't really get that, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like, are your parents still alive by the way? Oh yeah. 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 They're still alive. And do you have a good relationship with them or is it something a little strained? Yeah. No, no. Uh, for me, with my friends, right? I created boundaries with them, and now that that I'm thankful to be on a podcast because now I can actually get into depth with this part. Yeah. So I learned about boundaries with my friends, but then I also learned about boundaries with my parents. So having that, I want to say, uncomfortable conversation, but much needed conversation with them. Hey, this is how I feel. You are a trigger for me, and this is why. Obviously, there was pushback, you know. Um, my mom kind of got it. She was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I should be more present with you. But then for me, honestly, writing uh, helped out so much. I, I think it helped me mature, mm-hmm. right? Come from life as a different, from a different perspective. You right. know, I think when you when you're a kid, you don't think about the life that your parents had before you. You You're just like, oh yeah, like, hey, this is life. This is how I know it. And so when I was writing, you know, I realized that there was a trigger in my depression, but it was just something that, what did they go through to treat me like that? Mm -hmm. To not show me love. You know, their way of of showing love is you got a roof over your head, I buy you clothes and you eat. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have to say I love you. So, so it was like, what was that upbringing? But then um, as I bring it back to the conversation, you know, my mom was like, you're right. I'm going to have to start showing love. My father had some pushback. Obviously, you know, he started cursing me out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear this. You know, I buried another, I buried a child. I'm not trying to bury another one. Sure. And the words that he was saying to me, I'm not going to lie. I was ready to knock him out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But then, but, but then when I looked at him, I could see fear and pain and hurt. And I was just like, okay. He's scared, but he doesn't know how to express himself. And this is like 50 years of just build up, 50 plus years, I should say, of just build up. And he doesn't know how to, he can't process this. And the way to show emotions is with anger. And I gave him a hug. And I was just like, look, I'm not saying that, I understand that you're sorry, but the best apology is change behavior. I need to see that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that has to happen today. Or tomorrow, but I need to see that. And they didn't show any of that for three months. So I just fixed them for about a year and six months. I had to create my boundaries and show them that I was firm. And so, you know, I, I had to sit there and be firm. Hey, we're not going to we're not going to bring the relationship that happened, that generational pain. So if I ever get married and ever have kids, I don't want them to see that side with, with, with any of that trauma. Right. And my parents, you know, my mom kind of like, after like, she's like, well, I haven't spoken to my son in like a whole year. Like he's serious, you know? And then for my dad, it was like, Oh, wow. He is serious. And then you started seeing the, the, the behavior change and it's key. Uh, people like, you know, they, your parents, you're supposed to love them. Yada, yada. Oh, I still love them. But as a person, we all have our limits, <laughs> you know, right. if, if I'm telling you first, I have to respect myself, right? Like you show people how you want to be treated by showing an example of yourself, right. And be firm. And for them, I had to show them like, Hey, you're never going to, you're not going to treat me like this. And to see the change in the growth in our relationship, I, I, I'm not even going to lie. I'm pretty fucking surprised. <laughs> like, <laughs> like for real. <laughs> like I'm not. It's something that's like, wow. Like it shows you the growth in people. Yeah. And they can do it. Sometimes you just need a little push, but you got to know how to push them. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's just a testament to what a good guy you are right now. Um, I, I just, you know, like we haven't met in person in real life, but you touched my heart honest the day that I spoke to you first. And um, I think that what you're saying, you know, like we have to have those healthy boundaries. If we don't have them, life is chaos and we cannot live on chaos 24 seven. I mean, I've done it. It's not good though. It doesn't work. It doesn't make you a healthy human being. It doesn't make you a, a better person. It doesn't make you a better parent. And then I often believe too, that our perspectives on how things go, like in an argument with your father or your mother, we don't think, and I do the same thing with my mother at this point, I'm like at my wits end a lot of the time (laughs) with her, but it's not her fault. She has dementia, you know, she has Alzheimer's, but I, I still, even when she didn't, we were, we had a strained relationship based on how she was brought up because we only know what we're taught. I mean, you know how to wash dishes because your mom or your dad showed you how. Nobody read. Did you read the label on the dishwashing soap? No, you didn't because nobody does. Or like even washing your hair with shampoo. Do you wash your hair twice with shampoo? No, you don't. Not a lot of people do, but that's what the directions say. So we're not exactly getting a direction book handed to us the moment that we become a parent that says you do this and you don't do that. And you do this and you don't do that. And successful people do these things and unsuccessful people are doing those things. It just doesn't work. Right. I mean, there's no book out there by, by the way. And um, whenever you're a kid and you finally realize that your parents have no idea what they're doing, they're just, you know, winging it. Like everybody does. It's, you have to take that step back and be like, okay, I get it. You weren't taught better, but now let me help you. How about that? And I like that approach that you did. Like you have to have those healthy boundaries, but I know if my son didn't talk to me for a year, I would be driving to wherever he is and jerking him out of wherever that was and talking to him because (laughs) as unhealthy as that is, I will cross that boundary. And it's not that your mother didn't care for you. She was respecting your boundaries. I just have a problem with that one. <laughs> no, no, no. Like they was reaching out. I, I oh, don't I'm want sure. To, I'm yeah, sure. They was reaching out. It was just right. for me. Like I'm staying right. firm. Um, totally. The disconnect. The disconnect. Uh, it was man. My story is so complicated. <laughs> it's not so, it's great. Uh, it's beautiful. So you know, being from the Bronx. No, no. This part. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really aired out too much. Okay. So you know, being from the Bronx, I I was in um. A rough neighborhood mm-hmm. so i decided to move right want to see life want to see life from a different view being in the projects is like nothing but rats roaches and piss <laughs> to be honest with you and but there's good people and amazing people there and i just want to see more you know like my my grandmother always said you know you're different <laughs> you know you're different you're just born different it's not a bad thing you're different you're gonna go like really far so I decided to move, right? I move out to um, to, to Florida. I'm in Tampa now. So um, being out there, you know, I'm trying to do the whole college thing, trying to figure it out. And I kept getting, I wasn't even getting phone calls from my parents. And my friends would come down from the Bronx and come visit me and family too. And my friends would be like, man, hey, what, what did you do to your parents? Like, you've been down here for like five years. They didn't even come and visit. And for me, this is the part that was like, I hate my inner critic. So I'm just like, nothing, nothing, nothing. You know, on the outside, I'm wearing that mask. But when I'm home and, you know, drinking the, the Incredible Hulk come out and there's emotions of rage, like, yes, I'm a good, fun guy to hang out with. But then when I, it's just me and those closed doors, you know, I get angry and, and the pain hurt. So being down there, man, they missed my birthday three, four years in a row, you know, the next, like the day later you get a text. Oh man, I'm sorry, man. Just busy work and yada, yada, yada. But you can text me on the 4th of July. You're texting me on Valentine's day, you know, like random holidays. They would text me, but the day that your son is born, your only son, your eldest son, you, you know, you just totally forgot. So it was damaging to me. And they never came to visit me. So it was just like the excuses. Well, you know, I'm not flying on a plane. 
okay, well, they have a train. <laughs> it's like, there's other ways to get here, you know? Um, so the inner critic was really messing with me. And it was something that was just damaging as far as like, yeah, we're our own critic. But then, you know, when I started drinking, it started really taking over. Like, they don't love you. They don't care about you. And it drove me to depression and suicidal ideation and thoughts and obviously attempts. But I, I'm grateful for that, though, because now I understand, like, I understand happiness, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, like I'm so appreciative of my journey and my path. Obviously, I'm appreciative of being alive, but. Oh. You know, for me, it, it was it was a struggle, right? Like I'm out in this whole different place. No family, no, no friends, really making friends. Uh, the reason why I came down because my ex-girlfriend, she was in college. So, uh, you know, I came down to visit and I was like, oh man, this college experience looks kind of interesting. I never thought about college at all. Right. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, well, let me get my, let me get my life together. Let me try this out. And they didn't come down for years and they forgot my birthday about three, four years. And, you know, they randomly text me on weird days, Valentine's day. Hey, happy Memorial day. Oh, Okay, <laughs> you know, like you get all these random texts, but you know, no phone calls or anything like that. So my friends would always be like, "Hey, what did you do to deserve that? Like something's wrong." Like anybody, parents would have came down to see how their child is living. Like, yeah. you could be living in a hole in the box, or they know. And it was really messing with me. Um, my inner critic was really at all time high, especially when I started drinking. But once I started journaling it really helped me out. And I, I decided to do two journals. One was to write out the emotions. Right. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to write all my emotions out for six months and I'm going to go on vacation for about two weeks to clear my mind, to not think about any of my emotions. But when I come back, I'm going to read it and analyze it. Um, I'm a huge basketball fan. So uh, I play basketball. I was pretty good, but, is always goes back to my coach, my high school coach. He always says, Hey, Herbie, what's the weakest point of your game? And I'm like, uh, dude, you're the coach. You tell me. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, dude, you talk to a 15-year-old. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. And 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 I love him for this because I use this all the time. And he's like, I'm gonna teach you how to learn. I shouldn't say weakest point, the areas to improve. And I was just like, cool. And I kept that philosophy for journaling, right? I looked at my life since I love basketball and I could break things down simple like that to I'm going to write in this journal. I'm going to come back to it in about six months with a clear mind. And I'm going to break down everything, the areas to improve. And um, it's so weird to say this. Like, So I view it like a triangle, right? Uh, the The bottom is like, I learned my my behaviors. Okay, why am I behaving like this? Every time I, 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 I'm just running to the liquor store. I'm going there six days out of the week. Sometimes I'm going twice before work and after work. You know, like what is going on? I'm noticing this behavior. Oh, because of the thoughts, my thoughts. I, because I feel this inner critic saying that they don't love you. You don't, nobody cares about you, no matter how hard you try, you know, you're being one of the best employees, busting your ass and they don't care. They're not coming to see you. But then it was like, once I was able to attract that behavior, my, my thoughts, I was able to track my feelings. So I saw the pattern. Okay. Let me cut out the first behavior, running to the liquor store. Only way to do this, the liquor store is like right, right on my drive home from work. Yeah. So my drive to work was probably 10, maybe 15 minutes max. I'm going to go a half an hour extra out my way to avoid that liquor store because that's a behavior I don't need. Mm-hmm. The thoughts, okay, I'm going to stop talking to myself negative. Yeah. Let me talk to myself positive. If they don't love you, guess who, guess who loves you? 
this guy, he loves you. And then the feelings, right? Understanding my feelings, but I don't have to believe them. Yeah. Oh, I could listen to you talk all day. I swear. (laughs) Because you're so inspirational. You know, I, I oftentimes find myself asking, how am I getting through my day? Right. Like I I've, I've been through, you know, and not just personally, but at, you know, through my work as well, how do certain people handle um, certain levels of stress or sadness and come out on top? Because it doesn't happen that way for everybody. And this is a, a great look into how you did that. I mean, just you made yourself accountable, basically, is what you did. You took charge and made yourself accountable and gave yourself actionable items. I think that's a huge, big thing, like the notes, the post-it notes, the the journaling. I mean, you know, I do the sex abuse chat with um, Rachel Thompson, uh, and we just had a discussion on journaling. And I love her, man. She's incredible. I know, right? She's so she's amazing. And I'm so glad to have met her. But one of the things that I really want to hit home for people is that if you think you have to sit down and write in a notebook and that's your journaling, that's not all. That's not the only way you have to journal. You know, there were some people, oh, you've got recordings. That's right. There were people th- that um, we spoke with that take pictures they do photo journaling, they do music journal, like write down the song and the feeling of where you are at the moment. You know, that's a kind of a cool thing that you can use your phone to record your voice. You can use your phone to type on if you wanted to your computer. There's audio programs out there that can record you speaking. And if you're concerned about somebody hearing them, lock them up, do whatever it is that you feel is makes you comfortable, but, but actually speak your words. Speak your truth, if not to everybody else, then just to yourself. That's a big, that's a big thing for people to do. And I am not sure how some people do it and some people don't. I don't know how lucky we are sometimes that we have the happy chemicals we have running around in our brains because not everybody has the privilege of having that. And I'm curious in, in a way I want to see what your brain looks like on the inside. I know that sounds really psychotic. <laughs> That's not very no. dexterity. You're in Florida, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know, like, that's one of the things that makes me curious. That's why I wanted to do the series of what is your pleasure? What's your pleasure? Because not everybody has that same definition. And how, why do you have that capability when other people don't? And being able to share how you got to where you are is huge. It's huge. And I just think you're amazing. I'm just going to keep saying it over and over again, but (laughs) what do you, are you involved in any type of helping other people? Do you do help um, suggest counseling, anything? What, what else are you doing? Yeah. So uh, for me, I'm a uh, mental health first aider, um, someone that, you know, recognize when somebody is going through a mental health challenge. And then also a QPR, um, which is like question, persuade, and refer. And, but I'm also a board member of my friend Abby organization. They are, I love them. They are suicide prevention for young adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, me sharing my story. And, and what really got me, honestly, looking at the numbers, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I don't know what it was. It was just... I was just like one day, like, let me look at the numbers. And when you see the numbers of how often someone dies by suicide, like every 40 seconds, which is horrible. And then you see that suicide is ranked second between the ages of, it's sad to say this, but the ages of of 14 to 35. And it's just like, wow. And then it's ranked 10th between the ages of, you know, 36 to 64. So it's like, when... I, I have a chance. I'm one of the, the, you know, the people that attempted, it's what, 20% that attempt that actually survived a suicide attempt. So I felt obligated to help others. Mm-hmm. So not only do I speak and educate others, I also don't do coaching. I, I, <laughs> I do coaching. I do a podcast because it's important. 
yeah. you know, I jump into a lot of speeches like you. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I don't, I, I try not to like speak. Sure. And I listen and I see so many people just like, oh yeah, you know, I have OCD or I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. And when they're like, oh, so what did your, you know, psychiatrist or therapist recommend? Oh, I, I haven't been to, you know, I just looked it up on Google and it's like, it, it, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you should actually go see a professional, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you might just have some bad habits. <laughs> okay. Right, let's exactly. just address that. <laughs> uh, so, so I took it upon myself. Like I see amazing people putting out amazing content. And for me, I was just like, well, let me educate people. Yeah. Let's really educate people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't like when people have the misinformation and a lot of people don't know. Uh, I recently, I did a, I joined a space that was out in mainly Kenya mm-hmm. and someone had, someone had died by suicide. And I don't know if the person was like a celebrity or not, but it was, it was a lot of people in the room mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to listen. And they didn't know how to recognize the signs of depression. They didn't know what can cause depression. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, Hey, can I speak? Um, I can teach you, I can tell you the signs. And then I was like, if you want, I can share it in the nest or in the jumbo drum, whatever you want. Cause I have it. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I have it. And you know, I'm just not a person that just, just, this is what I do. Sure. And if I can help, you know, and the host like DM me, thank you. Thank you. Not only for sharing your story, but thank you for helping us out and understanding what does depression look like. And I was just like, well, this is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And if anybody can, anybody needs help, you know, I can help out. Yeah. I think that um, you're doing great things because, you know, I, in the group that I, I do, I, I teach Tantra. And um, one of the things that really hits home to me is first off, men have a hard time expressing their feelings because we don't live in a society that has ever said, okay, men, it's Okay. And to be a person of color and also from the Bronx, and you have all of these things that are just stacked up over and over and over again. And it's something that that has become a common theme that I have heard. And I just, I, I think what you're doing is powerful for men. It's powerful for people of color. It's powerful for people who have mental health issues that are afraid to speak out. Everything that you're saying brings me pleasure. Thank you. First off, <laughs> this isn't really what's my pleasure because it's my show, but um, <laughs> it's, it's um, you know, you are somebody who is putting these things out into the universe and only good things are going to come back to you for it. You know, you have good intentions, your ability to speak your truth. I love when people speak their truth because so much, so frequently we really do hide how we truly are feeling in the auspices of, you know, let's, let's stay PC. Let's be this, let's be that. Let's be what we're expected to be you're just breaking through all of those glass ceilings and I love it. I think it's, it's, it's brilliant. Now moving on to your children. I just want to move on to this for just a moment. How are you going to, you know, show them how to be as they're growing? Cause I know they're kind of tiny still yet. Right. Yeah. 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 They're you a, what's your dad plan for these kids so that they know how loved they are and, and and how important it is to share their feelings. Oh man, this is like a great question. I, I love know. It. I always ask those questions that nobody else asks because I'm, uh, I'm yeah, no one, <laughs> no one, no one asks, but for me, it's important to, to teach them uh, to build up a, a strong foundation. Mm-hmm. It's highly important. Mm-hmm. So my foundation, like right now, my four-year-old is like a, a four teenager, I guess, <laughs> like, you know, she's already talking back. Oh, yeah. uh, but for me, she knows that she's loved. Like obviously, you know, her little brother knows that, that he's loved. Yeah. And when she acts up, like, you know, as every four-year-old does, mm-hmm. it's, it's, pisses my wife off to oh, this day, sure. <laughs> but, but like I, I'm teaching her coping methods mm-hmm. of trying to control her emotions. So we would count to 10. She counts to 10. And after once we count to 10, we breathe in and out 10 times. Mm-hmm. And 
it shows her that, you know, to, to slow her down, whatever she's like, I don't know why she does it with daddy only. She won't do it. No, I don't feel like counting mom, (laughs) but, but, but I teach them to express themselves, but know how to, to, to express yourself. There's something that's called uh, the feeling wheel. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something that I want to purchase and print out. So whenever emotions that any one of them have, they can, they don't know how to say it. They can at least point to it so they can understand it. And I think that's key for not only just, kids but even for adults sometimes we feel a certain way it's not always angry mad sad you know it's other emotions that we may not know Mm -hmm. but it can also help you understand how you feel Mm -hmm. but not only you others that that's in your circle as well right and it's so hard to communicate how you're feeling if you've never if you've never used the words to communicate how you're feeling if you've only ever kicked things or thrown things or slammed doors or, you know, you've been yelled at or you've been degraded or whatever, whatever your circumstance, that's such a smart thing that you're doing. And I wish I had done that with my children, but you know, <laughs> too Even late. You can still use it. Now, I'm totally, you know, you know yeah. in all honesty, as I've gotten older and my kids are getting older and we can actually have, you know, adult adultish conversation. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, when your parents are still your parents, you're not going to, yeah. yeah, you got to, you, can't, you can't be like, Hey mom, man, I was out yeah. there smoking this bong. And it's like, I'm so used on what? Oh no, I'm not your friend. No. I'm your mom. Yeah, no, totally. My son would totally do that. That's no, <laughs> but you know, when it comes to emotions, like yes. recently the passing of my daughter-in-law, my son's wife, 25 years old. Come on now. Like I'm sorry there's some, Oh, I, I appreciate you. It's, it, you know, like we are dealing with this on different levels every day, but the thing is, is that I am happy that my son can call me and say, mom, I just need to talk to you. It might not be everything that he wants to say. And I definitely don't always say all of the right things or the things that he wants to hear. But I, I, I try to communicate to him as an adult in a way that shows him love and compassion and kindness, because that's all I have to give as a mom. Um, you know, you can give all the gifts you want and monetary things don't have that much value when you're broken or you feel broken or you mm-hmm. feel disconnected. You have to reach out in a different way and teaching your kids from a young age how to deal with anger or emotions that overwhelm them, like the breathing. I think, you know, Asian cultures start their kids meditating at a young age, right? It's a respect. We do yoga too. Totally. And, you know, what a calm that must be. You know, I, I, I often, I can say that in my lifetime, I have been a rough and tumble old gal for sure, (laughs) you know, but you grow up in Kentucky and you have a fight every day because, you know, there's all these things going on that you, you don't have the capability to communicate. And, you know, that is such a smart thing, man. Okay. People out there get that feeling wheel. I'm telling you (laughs) emotional, what'd you call it? Emotional wheel, right? No, it's a feeling well. Feeling yeah, okay. well, emotional well. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's emotional well, but okay. I call it yeah. feelings because, you no, know, during that time, you you have that feelings. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. And, oh, geez, like everything that you're saying now, like I have wheels spinning. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's but so great. I, I was glad to get introduced by uh, one of my therapist friends. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's why, like, I, you know, it's so taboo for people. Like, I don't want to see a therapist. I don't want to see a counselor, or social worker. I don't want any of that. And I tell them that it doesn't, I, I think what I'm doing and, and how I do it, you know, I recommend those guys because they are needed, right. right? But it's also, I tell people that if you go see a therapist and if it's not a right fit, it's okay. Right. Like they're there. It's a service. It's mm-hmm. like the used car. Like, you know, I'm going to use this yes. analogy. Like when you go get all your change and someone says, Oh, hey, I noticed you need an oil change, but I got these four new tires that you need to. And you're like, dude, I just came for an oil change. Right. And if they keep on pushing, you leave. Same thing with it. Mm-hmm. Same service. It's right. a service business. If it's not the right fit, then you keep on moving until you find the right one. Right. And as a provider, I can I echo this. If I'm not giving you or providing you with the care that you believe you need, deserve, want, you know, like that you're seeking. 
then tell me bye. Find somebody else because not everybody likes the same thing. And that's why there are billions of people out there who are on the search for, you know, care and, and somebody to talk to regardless of what their problem, whether it's a, a mental health issue or a physical health issue, you know, people need somebody to discuss these with. And even if it is, you know, somebody that's a friend, somebody that's in your church, somebody that's a lay person that doesn't have medical training, but is, you know, amazing and able to, um, to coach, find them. That's what I say, find them and bring yourself back to your own pleasure because you are the one who holds the key. That's it. That's it. Yes. Yes. At the end of the day, they just want you to be a better person, get the results that you want. And everyone, every even people that I meet through spaces, clubhouse, or just in person, it's like, it's not about me. It's really about making sure the person actually get the help that they need. Yeah. You know, suppose that. And I also want to put this out there too, because people, unfortunately, when you say something, they interpret it a different way. I am not against anyone that has to take any, any pills or anything like that. The reason why I rejected my, uh, that pill was, the guy, he was just, he was an asshole. That's the nicest way I could say it. Oh, it's okay. And, and he didn't care about how I felt. Never really, he didn't even do the proper test. So it was like, I was in his office minimum three minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that like, there was another psychiatrist that actually did the proper testing. And actually, you know, I was with her for probably like 45 minutes. <laughs> okay. Right. And she was asking all the questions and, and everything. And I was checking the boxes that, oh, okay. He just had a moment where life was too much for him. So I just always want to put that out there. Um, but thankfully, like I, I'm i so happy that I met that man. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the things that he said, I know he would have said to me if he was at, like, at the supermarket. So it's like, okay, I get it. But um, but it, it's I needed him mm-hmm. so I can actually become the man that I am. Like, you know, every superhero needs a villain. Yeah. And for people may think the villain was my parents, but it was like the experience that I built being in that place mm-hmm. was horrible. It was almost um, prison-like, you know? Uh, probably watched TV maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. And if so, certain programs, you know, you can't really have any, like, pockets. It was... so, I love the nurses there mm-hmm. because they was actually there for the people. And I love the psychiatrist, obviously, because she was actually for the people. But I say this... Um, the guy, the doctor, he's no longer doctor asshole. <laughs> he is no longer, he is no longer in the medical field. He actually got his license uh, revoked, taken away from him, yeah. and that place was um, that place was actually getting shut down from the last time I, I. So it just shows like there are some bad people, and it's always good to just try to look for the right people and always look for someone that's compatible. Absolutely, and as a uh, as a provider, I will echo that. Uh, a million times. Because again, if I don't feel like I'm going to give you the information that you need, and I'm one of those 45 minute kind of people too, like all <laughs> people just need to, if you, you know, somebody may come in and say, Hey, my stomach hurts. Oh, well, let me give you some Pepto-Bismol and <laughs> go home. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Um, it might not even be anything related to that, but if you stop and ask the, cor- the, the correct questions, that's the thing is figuring out know your audience and and ask the right questions, but don't assume that your audience, like the guy from the Bronx who can't read or write or is not intelligent is going to stand for somebody to say, Oh, here, here's a pill. Here, go ahead have it. Because that's where we get ourselves into trouble. You can't just assume. And, and, you know, I do that on a daily basis. I, I treat people who are in the medical field, you know, that doesn't mean that they know about what I'm treating them for. <laughs> you know, I don't know every aspect of medicine. I read a lot. I know I'm a, I, I call myself a, a jack of all trades and a master of none, but I am a master of nursing and talking. <laughs> so that makes me, that gives me a leg up, right? Like I know yeah. how to talk to people. I can relate. And that's what we need to do in the world is relate. Yes. That's yes. it. Yeah. Yeah, I like yes. it. No, no, I, I love it. I'm all about um, learning how to, you know, I, I think for me, um, really 
really being a good listener mm-hmm. helps. It's one of the things that I had to learn. I, unfortunately, as people were so used to responding right away, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, I have to, you know, respond right away. And I had to learn to listen to understand, not to reply. Because if you do listen, that person is telling you what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simple as that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, that's a, that's a funny thing about listening because you could have, it's just like that telephone game you play when you're a kid or telegraph, whatever it's called, <laughs> where somebody says something and they pass it on to the next person and then it passes on to the next person and the next person. And by the end it's, you know, George's riding a horse and eating soup, but really, honestly, it was George is in a gr- big group, right? <laughs> yes. yes. Like that kind of thing. Yes. It doesn't matter um, the content of what the actual, the, you know, the beginning was it's, it's how it got disseminated or the perception of the people who it was disseminated to. And if you take five people from five different parts of the world They all have their own experiences in that part and they're not, not everybody resonates on the same level, right? Like we can say certain things and, and you won't, you know, nobody else understands it except for you because it's yours. So finding that that's, that's what we have to do. You have to find a common ground and work from there. And sometimes that's very difficult, especially when we put up our own walls and those walls are, are, you know, they're, they're rock solid walls because you've put them there. And, and those are all based on, again, what you've done in the past, what you've learned, what you know. And sometimes it's hard to break through that to really be a good listener. And I've always like, when I talk about this, I'm always reminded there's a video on YouTube and I suggest everybody go out there and watch it. I've probably suggested it before, but it's called the nail in the head. <laughs> I, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to try to, I'm going to look this up. Totally. Look it nail, up. I'm serious. Nail in the head. Nail in the head. It's a discussion between like boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever. And it's it. just about listening. Okay. It's about being present and listening. So watch it. It's hilarious. <laughs> if you're a woman, you'll find it very hilarious. If you're a man, you'll find it even more funny. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Once we're done with our episode, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, totally. You'll <laughs> love it. But it's really, um, it's one of those things that I'm glad that somebody showed it to me because I use it frequently as a tool because really, honestly, sometimes we don't have to be the hero, right? We just need to learn to communicate better and actually communication is also listening. It's not just talking, right? Right. Yes. 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 I, um, you know, it's something that like, even for, for my friends and I, sometimes, you know, they call and they want to talk and I had to learn. Do you mind sharing? Right. Mm -hmm. Because even if I'm going through something, if I had a bad day and I want to call somebody, Mm -hmm. Hey, is, you know, if I had a bad day, let me call my wife. Hey, baby, um, I'm having a bad day. Do you mind if I share this with you? Because sometimes you don't, you have to be considerate other people's feelings, you know? Yeah, so I learned, like, you know, you have to ask people, hey, is it okay if I share this, right? So I will call my wife, like, hey, I got this going on. Can I share this? Because you don't want to trauma dump on people. People are going through something and you want to make sure they first in the right headspace to take on what you have to share. And then right there, you can, I don't want any feedback or anything. I just want to vent. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to put that as far as like communication. Absolutely. Uh, you know, even for myself, I'm learning this over time. And it took time because I didn't, there's no school talking about this, <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe if you go to college, but even growing up, nobody was talking about this. Now we're in a different generation where it's like, Yes, you are going through something, but you have to understand maybe that person is going through something too. Can I ask, may I share? Do you have space for me to share? Mm-hmm. And if you are going to share, hey, can, I, I, I'm going to need some feedback. Can you give me some feedback? Or I just want to vent. I just need a rant. Right. And it's going to be a 30-minute rant. 
don't say nothing. I just need to get this off my chest, but making that clear to that person. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, coming from the medical standpoint, I am so used to walking into a room, introducing myself and touching people, you know, and it's never occurred to me. There is obviously an expressed consent when somebody, when they know that you're coming to help them, right? They know that you're going to be touching them, helping them change out their clothing, whatever, however that works. And they're at their most vulnerable, but we were never taught to say, Hey, just so you know, I'm going to come near you. I'm going to touch you. Is that okay? We don't ask that as, as providers, as, as nurses, doctors, you know, that's not the first thing that you're thinking of in an emergent situation that is. <clears throat> so it becomes a more scary place for people when you don't. And it wasn't until I started learning more about um, Buddhism, Tantra, that sort of thing, that that came to, you know, the forefront. You know, you don't just walk up and touch somebody or, or lay hands on them or hug them unless you say, hey, do you care if I hug you today? Is that okay? And I know it might sound trite and really ridiculous to some people, but honestly, that's the most respect that you can give somebody is to ask their permission to do something before you do it, regardless of what it is. And even if you think it's something little like saying, oh my gosh, I had the worst day. These people are so terrible. I had this happen. I had that happen. Well, if that other person that you're communicating with has had a bad day too, they're just going to take on all of your junk. And you're going to take on all their junk when they talk to you about it. So you have to be able to have that space or at least say, hey, can we talk about this tomorrow? Maybe when I'm in a better place or, hey, how about I'll calm down and I'll get right with myself. Maybe I'll, you know, consult that uh, feelings wheel and make myself realize what I'm feeling in the moment instead of just, you know, just being mad and saying, okay, this is how I feel now deal with it, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's, imp gosh, I'm so impressed with you teaching your kids that now I feel like such a crappy mom over here now. No, you know, no, 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 I know. No, no. no but it, it's just, you know, the more and more I do my research, the more and more I do reading and the more and more, I don't know, as I evolve as a person, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for me, we, you know, as a parent, you're like, man, I want to give, I want to provide things that my parents didn't. Sure. right but i feel like that's one way to look at it yeah right yeah. what would what, what i don't want to provide like material things as you said earlier like it's, it's material but right. i realized you know when i was going through my suicide ideation that i didn't have a strong foundation mm -hmm. that wasn't provided mm -hmm. let me provide a strong foundation so they can learn how to express themselves and it doesn't necessarily have to be money clothes or anything but mm -hmm. let me make sure that i'm creating you know i got my own army here but i want to <laughs> make sure you know but i want to make sure that that they're a good person sure you know yeah. and, and and really not only care about others but care about themselves as well right there is no better um way to gauge how good of a parent you are until that day that you're just like oh yeah that's my kid yeah. He did something really great today. Yay. That's because of me. Not always, just so you know, <laughs> but, yeah. no. No, but sometimes no. you can say, oh my gosh, I taught them that. Yay. Winning. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. it's, it's a, it's a great thing to be a parent and get that, but you know, also in, in, in just life with friends, family, people that you meet every day to have the ability to just listen be present in the moment and, and really discern the information that you're being given and take it for what it is. It's just that they're just wanting to communicate what's going on. They don't need you to tell them, you know, Oh, you're right. Oh, you're wrong. They don't need you to do that. They're already doing that for themselves. We all do that for ourselves. Sometimes it's nice to have somebody in your corner going, yeah, you're right. Let's do that. Yeah. But also it's nice to be able to rely on yourself for that as well. And I think we get lost in the moment sometimes wanting somebody to validate how we're feeling or, you know, validate the fact that we were right or, you know, don't tell us that we're wrong. That's what I'm saying. No, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's no, it. no, you're right. You, yeah. you, I, but this goes back to having the right people in your circle. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you have to make sure that this person's authentic. Mm-hmm. They're not the yes person. They're not the no person that, hey, they're going to call you and shit. You know, mm-hmm. there's, oh, yeah. there's days there's days when I do dumb things and, you know, <laughs> I call some of my friends and they're like, dude, that was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Just put the toilet seat down, bro. You guys are fighting over the toilet seat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do. Trust me. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, I, I, like, you guys are arguing over the toilet seat? Yeah, I told her, you don't look before you sit. And he's like, you're an idiot. You just you just choose violence today. Put the toilet seat down, bro. It's not worth it. And he's just like, all right, all right. Well, I guess I am an idiot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I have this same conversation with my husband who spontaneously combusts every night. He must because <laughs> his clothes never hit the hamper. They're always beside the bed. Um, but it's okay because then I, I got right with myself. I said, okay. This is how he chooses to live. So we had a discussion about him leaving them on his side of the bed, not anywhere where I can see them. <laughs> and I don't care. And you can trip over your own clothes. I don't care. But see, those are the little silly things that, you know, in the day, if you've had a really bad day and you come home to that kind of, of a fight or argument or what have you, it just sets the tone, you know, and it's just it's a futile. I like to call it futile. It's futile arguments over nothing. It's just yeah, nothing, nothing that means Dude, anything to anybody. It's just me speaking hate words because that's how I'm feeling because I have no other way to express how I'm feeling in the moment. And it's just silly, but to be given the tools to do so at a young age has to be a lot better than us just winging it as adults, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, the other day, right. Like I'm, I'm watching basketball and uh, my Knicks suck. Okay. <laughs> So I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying not to like curse in front of my daughter <laughs> because I'm like, oh my goodness, this team is like fucking killing me. <laughs> and, and she just looks at me and she's like, daddy, it's okay. Let's, let's count to 10. <gasps> Perspective. It's like, Did you? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. And we can breathe in and out daddy, just like this. I was just like. I got to turn off this TV, man. I got to give my little daughter a hug, you know, yeah. and it, and it, but it shows, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a testament to your parenting. Yeah, yeah. Can't and then be she mad turns at back. That. No, you no. Then she turns around and she kicks me and she runs. So it's like okay, all right. <laughs> I'm still a kid, I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted you to stop yelling, you know. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So in all of this discussion, and it's a pleasurable discussion for me. Likewise. Tell me. If you had to define what is your pleasure in this moment right now, what would you say that your pleasure is? Assisting others, mm-hmm. helping others yeah. during this difficult time, you know, during this journey we call life, I should say, not even difficult time. Yeah. You know, I always tell people our path, like we may not know our path, mm-hmm. but to be honest with you, I think our path is born, like we're born into it. Mm-hmm. We meet certain people for certain reasons, certain experience, whether it's trust, heartbreak, love, hate. Just understand that we're in the right path. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're over here just being humans being. That's what we're doing. Humans being. Just trying to learn. That's all we're trying to do. Herbie Mack, it has been an daggone pleasure talking to you <laughs> and you uh will be back on my show i don't care if you want to be any any anytime, <laughs> any, anytime you need me you let me know and i'm here i'm pretty this, much this i was... pretty much need you every day now because um <laughs> now you have so many smart things to say and you have such a um you have such a a different perspective on on life that i really truly appreciate and i think everybody out there should hear your story because just like what we've been talking about is you don't realize things until you're presented with them. And you were presented with this time in your life that you had to deal with. You dealt with it. You got past it. Now you're using that to help others. And that is probably one of the most noble things that a person can do. Other than being a super awesome parent as well. You're that's pretty oh, noble. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're just you're creating other normal, not normal, noble humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, none of us are normal. 
fact. <laughs> but so Herbie, tell us where can they find you? Give us all your social medias, all the rundown, anything else you want to you want to provide. Sure. So you can find me on every social media platform at Herbie. Well, actually, HB Mac. HB Mac. Um, my website is HerbieMac.com. And my podcast is called the Just Believe Podcast with Herbie Mac. So there I not only try to educate people about mental health, but normalize just the conversations and showing alternative healing. It's not always just therapy. It's other routes as well. So thank you. I appreciate this. Welcome. And if you guys see the name Herbie Mac uh, on anything, find it, get it, read it, listen to it, watch it, whatever. You're amazing. I appreciate you greatly. Um, minus the fact that we've had some technical difficulties during the show, strangely enough. Um, it's been a pleasure and I, I, I greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on here. And just as a reminder, you can find me at buriedpleasures.com, buried pleasures on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find me everywhere too. And I am, you know, on every podcasting platform that I, that I know of, I'm not really sure. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you are, you, you are. So much. <laughs> you are. Thank you. I checked. Charles. Oh, I, You're yeah, welcome. I totally am. Thank you so much again. And it was a pleasure and everybody have a great night. Thank you. Okay, Bye. Sunrise